Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast. Once again, I'm Chase Goodred of NFL.com. I'm joined, as I always am, by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. Glad to be here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Our Twitter feed is talking underscore Tide. want to thank our sponsors, Peterbrook Chocolatier in Tuscaloosa, and as well, North River Dental Associates in Tuscaloosa as well. We're going to talk a little bit more about them later on in the show. But the Talking Tide podcast is uh, looking ahead to the 2021 season, Travis. And uh, this forthcoming week is when we will begin our twice-weekly routine on uh, Talking Tide podcast. But here uh, on a Sunday evening, we're going to kind of do a little bit of a a feature, if you will, uh, rather than uh, the, the news breakdown style of podcast that we often do uh, when we do a midweek podcast this coming week. Of course, we'll look ahead to that Alabama-Miami game, which will be going down in Miami on Saturday, September 4th. Uh, but uh, we're going to go in a little bit different direction here. Good to see you, Travis. Good to be back on. Good to be back, Chase. And uh, I would say the calm before the storm, probably not the greatest way to put things right now our thoughts certainly with the folks down along the gulf coast and state of louisiana one more time man and of course the west central alabama area might be on the gun a little bit here in the next 24 hours or so in terms of some remnants and some high sustained winds maybe some tornadic activity that you sometimes see associated with these uh, high category hurricanes so Thanks again to all the first responders out there doing heroic work for us. And then in the aftermath, all the utilities people that are going to be a big part of all this. And for now, anyway, uh, football, hopefully a nice escape. Although I know a lot of people down around the Gulf Coast just trying to have power, just trying to deal with power outages and personal safety and things like that. Thoughts definitely as well with the folks down in Mobile, as always, too, Travis. As you and I know, in west central Alabama, up around Tuscaloosa, these hurricanes, they tend to lose so much steam when they hit the coast and try to come north that uh, the, the west central, you know, the Tuscaloosa area, the Birmingham area, they ends up seeing a lot of rain and they end up seeing some storm activity. Uh, but nothing typically too destructive with these hurricanes. Uh, but if New Orleans is in trouble, then Mobile's always at least on red alert. Yeah, especially on the eastern side of the storm like that. And again, I know Tuscaloosa County and I believe city schools gone ahead and canceled classes for Monday. So let's get through this thing and hope for all those folks that are directly impacted by it that they come through it as as good as one could hope. Wishing the best for all of them, no question about it. All right, the Talking Tide podcast. Uh, we're going to take a look at, at the top-shelf talent on this roster tonight, Travis, but from two different viewpoints, I guess, two different prisms. One, we're going to talk about the best 10 players on this Alabama team from a pure talent perspective, and we'll go back and forth You'll fire one out. I'll fire one out. We'll go back and forth until we get to 10 under that premise. Uh, And then we'll turn it around and ask a little bit different question, and that will be who is the most valuable 
Alabama players one through ten on this roster, which is I, I'm sure there's going to be some crossover, uh, some duplicates, no question about it. But it's a different question, right? No question. Uh, most talented yeah, and most valuable, Will, Will two Riker, different things. Will Riker might make one of those lists. He probably won't make the other. Although he might, you never know. You never know. Absolutely. Yeah. You're going to probably have to put him on both lists, you know? No doubt. All right. So we'll start it off with the most talented players on this Alabama roster, one through 10, as we look ahead to this 2021 season. You want to kick it off or you want to let me give it a shot? We're going one through 10, or are we counting it down 10 to one? How are we going to do that? Uh, Let's go one to 10. So my top pick for the most talented member of the 2021 Alabama Crimson Tide, kind of tough offense or defense, but with the strides this guy keeps making in terms of his body and just his overall athleticism for the size that he checks in at, Chase, I'm going to go Evan Neal. There you go. There you go. Uh, You stole one from me, right? (laughs) Right. Right out of the gate. That's how I had it. That's who I had as well. This guy is is being looked at by NFL scouts, Travis, as a, a definite first-round pick, probably a high first-round pick. And if you look at his evolution as a starter at Alabama, right, starting out on the inside in the interior as a freshman, moving out to right tackle where things are a little trickier, and then for this coming season, moving from right to left, it's a progression that we've seen – You know, Jonah Williams, I think, made a similar progression, uh, if not the exact one. But we've seen Nick Saban do this with kind of the elites on that offensive line. And and Evan Neal is going to be a a three-year player at Alabama. I don't think there's any question. And a big, big prize in the 2022 NFL draft. So, number two, I'm going to go with my defensive sort of default to that top player on the list. I'm going to go Will Anderson, the sophomore outside linebacker, and kind of being able to check him out just a little bit in individual drills at the very start of fall camp. It's just so evident that in addition to being immensely talented, this guy works in the offseason and even in individual drills works at a level that, frankly, 95% of other players on the practice field not just talented guys, not just the elite players, but just players in general. I think you could lump walk-ons, attention to detail, things like that. I got a major crush, man crush, on Will Anderson. So nearly had me picking him number one overall on this list, but I go with him number two. Phenomenal player for sure. I think Alabama fans can be most encouraged as well by the way he ramped it up from September to December. Last year, he was good to start the season. He was great at the end. So he's a guy that as good as he was early in the year, he kind of showed some steady improvement. It was pretty much dominant by the back end of the season. So that's what Alabama fans expect, I think, coming into 2021. I don't think there's any doubt that uh, that he'll give it to him. I'll throw three and four at you. I'll come at you with the next two. Number three on the top 10 most talented players at Alabama, I'm going to go with Christian Harris at that inside linebacker position, Uh, a guy who's been a a stalwart in the middle of that defense for a year or two now for Alabama, special player. 
uh, a big time NFL draft pick as well. It looks like he's going to settle in probably at that will position for the Crimson Tide this fall. Uh, and somebody who I think is, you know, his freshman year, he flashed. His sophomore year, he did more than flash. He, he showed a lot more consistency. I think this is the year that that he truly dominates, I think, uh, on a down-in, down-out basis like we haven't quite seen from him before. And at four, I'm going to give you Malachi Moore, the wow. outstanding defensive back for Alabama. Maybe a little high for a guy as young as Malachi Moore, right? Just a freshman last season. But look, I, I think what he's – the versatility that he's shown and I think his his ability to play man and play man in different spots for this Crimson Tide team, it's hard to replace. It's hard to find in the first place. I like Malachi Moore at number four. Uh, I think it's arguable. You could probably throw two or three other guys in there and argue with, with uh, Moore for that four spot, certainly. Maybe even argue with Harris at three, but I'm going to give you Harris and Moore at three and four, and then I'll turn it back over to you, Travis. Yeah, three and four for me, it gets tough through the middle of this list. Really, it gets tough three through ten, because when I got down to ten on my list, I had, you know, Monday is depth chart day at the University of Alabama. So it's coming. My 10 spot kind of looked like a Nick Saban depth chart with all the slashes between guys <laughs> or ors, you know, I could have had in there between yes, sir. guys when you got down there to really eight, nine, ten. 10. Um, number three, I'm going to go Bryce Young. It's uh, a guy that in terms of measurables, I know he doesn't check all the boxes, although in today's game, it's more acceptable to be sub six foot, to be sub 200 pounds. I, I think that how he can impact the game both with his legs and his ability from the pocket. Do I think he's a finished product by any means? No. Do I think he's going to go out this Saturday night and complete, well, 23 of 27 for 387 and five? No, I don't think that either. But I think just in terms of talent, there's a reason why he was the nation's number one quarterback prospect two years ago ahead of DJ Ungalele. Of Clemson. Uh, I think that's saying something, especially when DJ is one of those 6'4, six, 6'5 six, big guys that can move pretty well himself. So I'm going to take a look. I guess it's a little bit of a flyer. I think Bryce's offseason has kind of you know, added some credence to this pick at three, but I'm going to go Bryce Young at three. And then at four, gets a little tricky there too in terms of trying to look at defense because there are so many guys it's an easier list to pick if you just stick to the defensive side of the ball um, but when it comes to number four I'm gonna go John Mechie there at the wide receiver position he may be a better pick at this spot on our most valuable player list because they don't have other proven guys at the position but I think he's truly a talented guy, not a 6'3", not a 6'4 guy. But when you look at Alabama receivers under this incredible run with Nick Saban, there really haven't been 6'3 or 6'4 receivers. Once you got past Julio, you know, Amari Cooper 6'1". These guys, Jerry Judy 6'1", Devontae Smith 6'1". Um, so I think John Mechie and how they can use them is going to be very intriguing. Orbit motion, do they make him a big part of that this year? 
uh, like we've seen with Devontae Smith last season. I think there's a lot of different ways they're going to use John Mechie to get the most out of it. No doubt about it. All right, so you and I were aligned at one and two with Evan Neal and Will Anderson. We kind of separate at three and four. Uh, I'm going to give you my number five man right now. I'm going to go with Henry Toa Toa, the transfer linebacker from the University of Tennessee, led the volunteers in tackles last season, a proven SEC commodity, a guy who stepped in and appears to be primed to start at the Mike position for the Crimson Tide. That's something that Nick Saban does not take lightly, particularly because that Mike is doing a lot of the communicating uh, with the front seven pre-snap, Travis. Uh, so, you know, Toa Toa is a guy who's – Definitely going to solidify this defense. I think he's going to be a playmaker on top of that. So uh, I've got Henry Toa Toa at five, and uh, we'll, we'll I'll turn it over to you from there. Where where, do, where does your list move from there? Yeah, this is where I get into the inside linebackers. This is where Christian Harris, for me, I have to have him in the top five. Really, to me, it's splitting hairs. Five, six, I've got Christian Harris, Henry Toa Toa. And, 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 and the way I see it, you can flip them if you want. It's going to be very interesting to see if both these guys are every down guys because if Henry's the Mike in base and a nickel, typically, now we've seen him sub out there with C.J. Mosley early on in his career coming in at the Mac in the middle linebacker position in the dime. But you get the sense they want Toa Toa out there all three downs because of what you just talked about, intangibles just as much as his talent. So I think there's a good chance those guys are used in every down roles, uh, even in dime, factoring into that. So I've got Christian Harris five. I've got Toa Toa six. With Christian, I liked as much moving through last season the sort of improvement he made from a coverage perspective. You saw him in the playoff win over Notre Dame and some man coverage, make an interception against Notre Dame's really good young tight end there. So I think that's sort of the next step for him. But if Henry's the every down guy at Mac, that could fall more on Toa Toa in obvious passing situations. And they can mix it up with Christian Harris. They bring him in the pass rush. They can drop him. They can do some different things, free him up to just play sick him, I like to say, more than anything else. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's keep the ball in your court for the moment. I think you've gotten six deep out of your 10. Go ahead and rattle off seven through 10 for you. Wow. And then I'll come behind you and I'll rattle off uh, the back end on, on my top 10. Yeah, I get a little defense heavy once we get into the second half of this list. It's just impossible to overlook or ignore some of these guys. And even with that, like I said, at about 9, 10, I've got about six guys for two spots, but you know, at number seven, I'm going to go Josh Job uh, at the one corner spot. Uh, he's a talented guy as much as anything. It's been more about maturity for him, cleaning up some things. He's penalized a little bit too much. Uh, the last couple of three years, that needs to be the next step for him as much as anything. He can man up, play man coverage, do all those things. Just got to clean up the, the penalties, hopefully that'll happen for him this season. So he's my number seven. At number eight, I am going to give some love to the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go Emil Echior at the right guard position. Might be a little high for an interior lineman, but you know I think this is a chance for him to really establish himself as one of the top interior guys 
in all of college football. At number nine, I'm with you on Malachi Moore. Love the versatility there. Love that basically any spot you put him at, whether it's nickel at the start position, he could play safety and probably be as effective as a safety as anybody you've got. Um, he can play corner, I think, if it came down to it. So I'll go I'll go with uh, Malachi Moore there at nine and then rounding out my top ten. I'm going to go Jordan Battle at the safety position. Every down guy, um, you know, probably could play some money in the dime, but they haven't really asked him to do that. And, again, maybe a guy even more so in terms of value because of what they're counting on him to do in terms of running the show on the back end. I'll go Jordan Battle 10 there. There you go. And I've got a little overlap for you. I'll go ahead and run down my full top 10 now just to recap my top five and then and then reveal uh, my five after that. Evan Neal and Will Anderson at the top. We both agreed on that. I've got Christian Harris and Malachi Moore at three and four. Henry Toa Toa at five. Gimme Jordan Battle at six. A guy who, out, who Nick Saban has a lot of trust in at that safety position. He can play three downs. He's not a two-down safety. Uh, brings a lot in terms of leadership as well. Uh, I like Jordan Battle at six. I like John Mechie at seven, the outstanding wide receiver for the Crimson Tide. I've got Jaleel Billingsley at eight, the uh, um, erstwhile Jaleel Billingsley, Travis. We'll call him Has at least. Seen Jaleel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like a fourth team tight end, Travis, for for my <laughs> my number eight spot. I guess it is for for the Crimson Tide and Jaleel Billingsley. He's gonna uh, light up Mercer and mop up time. I tell you, <laughs> Paul Tyson likes him running right where he is. You know that, <laughs> no doubt about it. I've Take got your time. Jo- Take your time, Jaleel. Take your time. <laughs> I have a feeling that when November (laughs) rolls around, he'll be back in good grace. I have a feeling when there's about 847 (laughs) left in the first quarter against Miami, (laughs) Jalil will be okay. Josh Job, who you mentioned on your top 10 as well. I've got Josh Job right in there, right behind Billingsley. And I'll finish it out at number 10 with Christopher Allen, the outside linebacker for the Crimson Tide, who uh, really kind of came into his own last season, I thought. And he's primed for uh, a big 2021 season. So I think you and I were aligned, at least in terms of number of names, on uh, at least at least seven of those, uh, if not eight. So uh, yep. uh, pretty know, similar for Allen sure. Was a little bit of a tough one for me because technically he's not an every down guy, but he's going to be out there so much. Yeah, um, even in some non-pass rush nickel situations they're probably going to get him out there to go along with will anderson and his numbers have a chance to be phenomenal once again so he was in that slash oars with me in eight through ten jalil kind of the same thing jalil before fall camp would have been a slam dunk top six or seven and probably if yeah if we're just talking about in terms of talent certainly a guy you would look at hard for a top ten no doubt about it. All right, we'll get to uh, the most valuable list here in just a few a few minutes. But before we do that, I uh, want to thank our sponsors here on the Talking Tide podcast. Our Twitter feed uh, from the Talking Tide uh, podcast, of course, is 
uh, talking underscore tide. You can catch us there. We'll link all of our podcasts directly there. We're on YouTube now, Travis, as well. Check us out on the new Talking Tide YouTube channel as well. Uh, as Papio O'Donnell uh, once famously said, Travis, we're mass communicating. We ain't uh, wanted on- a diamond. <laughs> on youtube so uh there you go we're going to be looking to uh stream live from youtube at some point here in the coming weeks but for now uh we're op- uploading there as well so uh look for us on that as well but i uh, want to thank north river dental associates travis a charter sponsor of the talking tide podcast dr jack smalley and his phenomenal staff of dental hygienists do it better than anybody in that dentistry business in tuscaloosa conveniently located right off of Watermelon Road. The phone number 752-3506. Whatever your dentistry needs, I don't care if it's laser dentistry, pediatric dentistry, oral surgery, something serious. Maybe it's just a crown you got to get fixed, uh, a routine cleaning, you name it. They'll do uh, the best of anyone. And uh, on a routine cleaning, you're going to be in and out of there in less than an hour, typically. Very good on the weight over there. Uh, very good in all respects. They're also great at dealing with uh, the insurance folks. If you need a little help in that regard, it's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. You know what September the 1st is coming up? 14 years in business in Tuscaloosa for Peterbrook Chocolatier. Wow. Check out Alabama football's football record. And the six national championships. I'm not saying it's all about <laughs> Peterbrook Chocolatier. I mean, Alabama made a nice coaching hire. We'll all admit to that. But no, 14 years in business. I know Peterbrook and Heather and the folks can't thank the community enough in Tuscaloosa and really beyond. It's amazing how many folks come through the doors, not just on game weekends, but different times throughout the year, but certainly with game weekends returning in earnest. When you're in town in Tuscaloosa, if you're in town right now, check out Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North, the champions of chocolate, Peterbrook Chocolatier. Best it gets for chocolate in Tuscaloosa, there's no doubt about it, Peterbrook Chocolatier uh, in Tuscaloosa. All right, Travis, the Talking Tide podcast moving on. Uh, we're going to finish things out talking about the most valuable Alabama players. We'll go with a top 10 there as well. And of course, the way we kind of separate this list from the rundown we did in our first segment is I, I, this is kind of the way I look at it anyway. Instead of talking about pure talent, what we're going to be talking about now is who can Alabama least afford to lose, right? To me, that's synonymous with who's most valuable. Uh, so uh, you, ca- you, you, you subtract somebody out of the, out, out of the Alabama lineup, whether it's offense or defense, where are they hurt the most? If somebody just disappears, injury, what have you, uh, we'll start at the top. We'll move down one through 10 from there. Uh, you kicked it off with Evan Neal as, uh, the most talented guy on that Alabama roster. I'll go ahead and kick this one off. Most valuable. I'll say Bryce Young, the quarterback, the first-year starter for Alabama, and and this is I didn't I, I, to be truthful, I didn't even have him on my top ten in the first list because I just haven't seen him play enough, right? Yeah. I, I I need I want to see more of him uh, before I can put him on that 
what being one of the most ten and and look a month from now, I might have them on that. I might easily have them on that most talented list, uh, but on a most valuable list on who can Alabama least afford to lose. I'm coming right at the position that runs the game now, Travis, especially uh, at the college level, uh, the pro level too now. But but Bryce Young, uh, despite the fact that we really haven't seen a whole lot of him on the field at Bryant-Denny Stadium or, or anywhere else, uh, he's a guy that needs to stay healthy for uh, Bill O'Brien in this offense. I have Bryce Young number two. I have Evan Neal, number one, on my most talented and <laughs> on my most valuable. And I know we both kind of look at it the same way as, okay, value in a large part has to do with who's next up. Right. What's that gap between the guy and the next guy? And that's the concern I would have even more so probably at left tackle than I would at quarterback. And that's not to say that I view Paul Tyson as a legitimate contender to Bryce Young throughout this last six or seven month run. I haven't viewed it that way. Obviously, Nick Saban hasn't either, because really going back to the spring, he essentially said without saying that Bryce is the guy. I do think Paul Tyson has improved. And I do think in relatively short order, a lot of the question marks around quarterback at the skill positions are going to reveal themselves as being of pretty high quality, maybe not to the extent, the ridiculous extent that we saw last year or even in 2019. Um, But when I look at offensive tackle, J.C. Latham in time going to be a really good player. I think Tommy Brockermeyer in time going to be a really good player. I think in a pinch, there's some things they could do with some of the guys they like to cross train between guard and tackle. Uh, J.B. on Cohen can probably kick out the tackle if need be a veteran like Tommy Brown. But well, you're asking for a lot to try to meet up to the standard that you're about to get from Evan Neal. So I've got those guys one, two. What about you at two? I, I'm thinking I may know the answer to this. I got Will Anderson at two, and, okay. and I hear you on Evan Neal. The guy is is definitely indispensable. I've got him high on my list as well, but I've got Will Anderson at two. And, and, and I think when you start talking about the most valuable players – both of us, I think, are going to, at the end of the day, you lean toward the positions that are inherently most valuable, right? The quarterback, the pass rusher, the left tackle, mm-hmm. the the cornerback. They're tethered, yeah. It, it's, it, it all kind of works together, right? And, and uh, uh, there's kind of a trickle-down effect position-wise of, who you know, like – Take a guy like, for instance, Jaleel Billingsley, one of the most talented players on the team, but as a tight end, as good as he may be, he's not going to rank with the quarterback, the left tackle, the best pass rusher, or the best corner, right? So um, that I, I kind of I start to move along this list position-wise. Bryce Young at the top, Will Anderson, number two for me. you got to have your key pass rusher. Uh, in order to pressure the other team, get your stops, get your big plays, your turnovers, uh, et cetera. Um, I've got Evan Neal at three, so you and I are, are right there with him. He, he's indispensable at left tackle. Uh, number four, I've got Josh Job, uh, who is presu- he, he's the most experienced outside corner this team has, and is going to be looking at he, he's he's going to be looked at as CD one 
on on this team, uh, much the way Pat Sertan was last year. And that's another position, Travis, that's that you better be good at or you're going to be exposed. Yeah, you have to be good at really star the corners and you can't hide safeties anymore. Alabama found that out maybe some of the tough way during the first half of last season. And Ole Miss specifically comes to mind when you think about those type of situations a little bit against Texas A&M. So those are four for you, correct? And uh, I've got two more to catch up. Yep. I've got uh, Evan Neal, Bryce Young. I am going to go with my number three guy. I will go with – drum roll, right? Here's a, here's a flyer for you. Maybe not even most valuable, but I think important in terms to the upside of the Alabama offense. I'll go Jamison Williams, the Ohio State transfer. There you go. I think he has immense value to this offense with the speed and the vertical ability he brings. And by all accounts, he's been as advertised as hoped during the preseason. If that translates to the field to go along with John Mechie, who I'll have on this list here pretty soon, uh, maybe even real soon, uh, I think Jamison Williams can be that guy. I know it's a flyer in the top three, but I think he's that important. Uh, because it was pretty evident based on the response to the spring by the Alabama coaching staff, they needed that type of dynamic guy to go along with John Mechie, who I will go with it for. I've got the two wide receivers that have that sort of explosive play capability there um, at three and four. Yeah, really, if if you look back over the course of – Nick Saban's press conferences throughout fall camp. And frankly, the, the way media access has gone to a large extent, that's all there is. But he's mentioned Jamison Williams more than once. And I'm not talking about being asked about him. I'm talking about volunteering his name, that this guy is, is, is going to be a significant player in this offense. And I think he's been asked about him directly once at least as well. But the point being if, if Saban brings up a guy as somebody who's going to be a serious player, whether it's offense or defense, without even being asked about him, that's as good a sign as any. And I know you do the, you've done the fantastic feature at BamaOnline.com, Travis, for many years uh, that, that's aptly titled What Nick Saban Said and What We Think It Means. Uh, well, when Nick Saban calls somebody out who he hadn't even been asked about, um, for, for being uh, outstanding in practice, spring, fall camp, what have you, you can pretty much red circle that guy as a, as a major contributor. Yeah, and Nick went as far as to use the word featured with right. Jamison Williams, and you know John Metchie's going to be featured. So that bodes well for the Alabama offense when you talk about you know that type of ability there. And so – I'll go with five, too, and I'll just go ahead and go Will Anderson. I'll probably be uh, tarred and feathered for not having Will in the top five and, and or top three, top two, and I get it. I agree. I, I think he's worthy of that type of mention. I feel better about depth, though, at outside linebacker than I do at, say, quarterback or tackle or the importance of the wide receivers to achieve to – somewhere at least in the neighborhood of the level of what we've seen from that position in the last two or three or four or five, six, seven years now. Right. Um, 
So Will Anderson's got to be a top five guy. There's no doubt about that. There you go. We're going to close it out here in the, on the podcast in just a few minutes. And so I'm just going to go ahead and rip out the rest of mine all the way to 10. You can rip out the rest of yours all the way to 10. I came out of the gate with Bryce Young, number one, followed with Will Anderson. We're talking most valuable uh, for the Crimson Tide. Uh, Evan Neal, Josh Job at four. I like Christian Harris at five. I like what he brings value-wise to the middle of that defense. Uh, a guy I, I don't think Alabama can afford to lose at all. I got Malachi Moore at six. I'm a Malachi Moore guy, clearly. Yeah. I had him high on, on both of these lists tonight. Uh, Jordan Battle at seven. Henry Toa Toa at eight. John Mechie at nine. And Jaleel Billingsley is going to close it out for me as most valuable at 10, uh, Travis. Again, maybe a week or so before we see a lot of Jaleel. Uh, but by the end of the season, I, I think my placement of him on this list will be borne out. Yeah, it, it does have that distinct smell almost or aroma of perhaps a situation. Even with Miami for the opener, you're right, it may take a week or so a game or so before we see Jalil totally back in the good graces. Um, you know, my number one, once again, was Evan Neal on both lists. I went Bryce Young. I went Jamison Williams in a flyer, a bit of a flyer at three on this most valuable list. John Mechie, Will Anderson. Number six, I'll go Henry Toa because it's been an eye-opener to me at least to hear how much Nick Saban, Pete Golding, um, you know, the guys that are in charge of what is central to Henry Toa Toa's job have talked about his communication skills, uh, his command for the defense, his ability to get everybody lined up. So I like Henry at number six. At number seven, I am going to go with, I'll go Jalil Billingsley up in my top 10 at seven on in terms of value because I think for this offense again a little similar to Jamison Williams at wide receiver to have Jalil Billingsley producing explosive plays and you know the production similar to what we saw from him or even Irv Smith a couple of three years ago that takes this offense to another level and he has that sort of value if he's in the right place so I'll go with Jalil at number seven at number eight I think I got to go back to the secondary, I think you can have two or three spots. But first, I'll go Christian Harris, the other inside linebacker. You know, I think, again, the versatility with Christian and the fact that if he's not asked to play on the ball or at the mic, I think that frees him up to do a lot of things, uh, tackles for loss in the mid-teens perhaps, depending on how many games they play. I think their first four linebackers between inside and outside all have a great chance to be double-digit TFL guys. So I got to go Christian Harris, top eight. Then at nine and ten, nine, I'll go Malachi Moore once again. He makes both my list. I, I think when you have when you have a number one corner caliber guy in the slot, boy, that changes everything because right. offensive coordinators have wised up in the last five or six years, they figured out maybe sometimes put your X receiver in the slot to go against a third corner or even a safety at times. And, you know, Malachi helps solidify some things there. So I've got him there at nine. Um, 
you know, and at 10, I get torn a little bit again um, because Christopher Allen is an important player, but I'm going to go Jordan Battle again on this list because DeMarco Ellums right now has been dealing with an ankle injury at the safety position. So if Brian Branch is the guy that fills in there against Miami, maybe we see or hear about DeMarco Ellums back at practice on Monday and heading into the Miami game and he's able to go. But if he isn't, Brian Branch, he he was a strong consideration for my talent list and my value list. I, I think he's that good of a player, that talented of a player. Um, but Jordan, again, to hold everything together, and I know I'm leaving Josh Job off this value list. He's right there for me. Um, but I think they've had some good things happen throughout fall camp with guys like Marcus Banks that have been around. Um, Jalen Arm- J- Armour Davis uh, has done some good things. Um, so, you know, I get it with Josh Job too. Before we get out of here, I got to ask you, uh, how, would we have to go 12 deep? 15 deep for you to get Will Reichert in there on the most valuable. He was right there. I mean, he's in my, he's in my nine through 12, you know, depending on what day you probably catch me on. (laughs) And look, uh, James Burnett, the punter from Australia, if you want to talk value, because the expectation chase is that this team's probably going to have to punt the football more Mm -hmm. and not just in sort of blowout situations when they want to punt it when the other team dictates that they punt it and field position is in play and you're trying to play to that defense, especially early in the season. I think the specialist between Will Reichard and perhaps James Burnett, uh, honorable mention on the preseason, most valuable list. There you have it right here on the Talking Tide podcast. Top Alabama players in terms of talent. Top Alabama player ter- players in terms of value as well. Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com. Thanks for joining us here on the Talking Tide podcast. Look forward to talking to you again midweek. We're going to preview the Alabama-Miami game. Uh, looking forward to that here on Talking Tide and the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll talk to you then right here on Talking Tide.